0: From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app.
1: Another episode of Horror Movie Night on this spooky Thursday the 12th. Um, <laughs> but tomorrow's is the, the big day. Uh, so we're talking about a Friday the 13th movie. Friday the 13th V, a new beginning. I personally put this just below Jason Lives for one of my favorite of the Friday the 13th movies. And I'll get into that. Um, I wrote a shit ton of notes while watching this. And I took the time to watch the 40-minute segment about this movie in the Crystal Lake Memories documentary as well to get a little behind the scenes on on the making of this movie. So we can start. I mean, we'll start there, I guess, maybe is
2: like, how did this movie happen?
1: Um, Because, whoo!
2: So. This this was a first time watch for me, so anything that you can enlighten me upon is great. Uh, also, that this is the center of this Tommy Jarvis thing that I still don't know anything about, so just any okay any light that you could shine upon this so, would be so great for me. We're gonna do it was My first
3: and last watch, by the way.
2: Was that your first too?
3: Yeah, it it was fucking terrible.
1: <laughs> so this is gonna be like a very quick Friday the Thirteenth one oh one uh, breakdown. So. Uh, the timeline of Friday the 13th is very interesting. You have the first movie that comes out in 1980, and as far as we know, it exists in 1980. Then the second movie comes out in 1981, and that exists one year after the Friday the 13th movie. The reason I'm mentioning this is because Friday the 13th, 2, 3, and 4 all happen on the same day.
3: Which is crazy fucking crazy.
1: Yeah, it's all one continuous singular day story. Murder Day. Uh and in part 4 you introduce Tommy Jarvis played by Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman wanted to reprise his role in this movie, but he unfortunately couldn't do this movie because he was doing some unheard of Spielberg movie called The Goonies uh at the time. <laughs> but like Corey yeah. Feldman has said multiple times I still would have rather done this movie over The Goonies because he likes horror movies so much more than like the pg kids movies that he did listen
3: his his bank account thanks him for doing
1: oh i am (laughs) certainly sure but this movie by jumping ahead five years has now like brought the franchise back to the actual time that the movie is coming out now so this is in 1985 and it takes place in 1985 because we jumped up those five years anyway part four was the final friday it promised the end of Jason, and then that movie made a shit ton of money, and the people who owned the Friday Thirteenth name said, "Well, fuck, we definitely <laughs> need to make another one." Um, but what their idea was was, "All right, we're going to make this movie, and the concept of this movie is that we are going to break Tommy Jervis, and Tommy will become the new Jason for our new like version of this franchise, and from this point on, it's going to be Tommy in the mask." And the fans are going to love it. And it's going to be great. And since it's not Jason, we're going to totally change it up with a style as well. Uh, so where previously all of the directors had been like dudes with a horror background, they brought in a guy who basically just did porn. They were like, this is a porn director. He's like one of the sleaziest guys we've ever met. He's going to up the sleaze on this movie. And for four? For five. For the movie for that five. we just okay. watched. Okay. Okay. And all man, right. did he come and sleaze this movie up? Did he come? So there's. So here's the thing. There's a couple contradictory statements that I've read about this movie. Now, there are half the cast who swear that this was the best time that they've ever had, that like working with this director was a breeze, and that they loved everything about it. There are other people in the cast who said that he was an absolute nightmare to work with, that he was just coked up and impossible to talk to and that like, all he cared about when it came to kissing the women was how big were their boobs for the nude scenes. Um, and he would go with whoever had the biggest boob for the nude scene versus who was the best actress for the nude scenes.
2: I was going to ask if there was a pattern to the people who might not have <laughs> liked his, their directing style.
1: Yes.
3: Does it have... Does does um, So there are two ways that this could have gone. Is it boob size predicts how much fun they had Or is it having boobs proposes how little
1: fun you had?
3: Because like literally every woman except for Pam
1: showed her boobs. Well, and and the mom. So that was the irony, I think, was that the actress who played Pam felt like it was a miserable experience. The actress who played Tina, I know the actor who played Junior, and the actress who played his mom, Ethel, and I believe... Uh, like one or two other cast members loved working with this director.
3: Wait, so the mom loved working with the director, yeah, the mother it's, loved it really it shows, yeah, you know that tracks <laughs> um, she's the
1: best part of this movie. she's like, the, so I mean, so here's the thing. his argument was that the way he shot this movie they they said that there's a scene so there's a scene where Tina and Eddie are in the woods, and it is like, they apparently shot what was basically a five-minute softcore porno with the two of them, and the there was story. No,
3: what are those things called where they 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 cover their their? Bits? Oh yeah, yeah. The those, merkins. Those... I'm pretty sure that she was, and he was. Oh,
1: she was a former porn star. He okay. he hired her for that for two reasons: okay. a, she was a former porn star; b, her last name was Voorhees, and he thought that that was oh, like geez. the most charming thing <laughs> in the world so like, in real hysterical. life in real life her last name was Voorhees. and he's what like are the well odds? he's like how do i how would i not cast her so here's where it's like some of the contradictory stories are though so they're filming this porn scene and <laughs> literally and the producer and the editor are there and the editor looks at the producer and is like how are we going to put this into the movie and the producer told him edit it like it's a Pepsi commercial and that's why that scene is so quick like it's like there's like no sex at all like the actor who played Eddie in in uh Crystal Lake memories is like, I seem like a 10 second man in this movie because I just like take off my shirt and then I'm done. Like, it's like it's well, so I quick.
3: Figured they had a really good time because he had to go wash off in the lake but the, or in the stream. But the thing is, I was like, girl, you better go pee or else you're going to get a UTI. But I guess it doesn't matter because you're going to be fucking dead in five minutes. You're going to be
1: dead. In five- so here was the here's where the problems lie in the director's mind, which he didn't share with apparently anybody was his brilliant idea was we're going to film some graphic sex scenes and we're going to film them so that when the MPAA reviews this movie, we can cut those and keep the gore. But because the editor was told by the producer to trim down all the nudity, they had to lose a lot of the gore instead. That explains half of the deaths
3: in the third act.
1: Yeah. like He lost so much of the gore because they said that this was one of – and you can tell in the deaths that you do see – one of the things I like about this movie is it is brutal. Like the the fucking road flare in the mouth is like one yeah. of the most brutal kills I've ever seen.
3: I think that of the Friday the Thirteenth movies, that might be one
1: of the most horrific ways to go. Oh, a thousand percent. It. I even think with the to with Eddie and Tina, like the garden shears through the eyes, and then the extra element of clipping it, and yeah. then Oof, yeah. the but belt, around, actually, the the belt around the dude's head crushing the tree his skull. Is worse. That's yeah, pretty bad. Yeah. And, well, and, and they I'm said not, that that was they they had built a skull to be to collapsed, be and that I'm was something that they surprised. had to drop. Like yeah, the, it was, I, that I can
2: exists. see
3: the
1: MPAA and what was this eighty eight? They had to submit it nine times to get an R rating. And he's wow. like, every time they would give us the notes on what to trim, we'd trim all of it and they would still be like, not good enough and cut like more out of the movie <laughs> to like- It feels it like down. the
2: MPAA was like on this sort of like-
1: This is uh, 85. This was the peak the of MPAA
2: like yeah.
1: neutering horror movies. So that's that's the quick behind the scenes breakdown. There's a couple of interesting things after this movie as well, um, both tied to the actress who played Tina. So, like I said, she had done a little bit of porn in the past. Her last name was Voorhees. She ended up getting fired years later as a teacher um, because boys in the school connected her name to the movie and started sharing the scene from the movie with other boys. And the school just was like, sorry, you're fired. Like, this kind of undermines. Yeah. And she's like, I don't regret what I did. Like, this is stupid. Like, I did a movie when I was a teenager. Like, whatever. Um, but she went on to make a movie that I watched the trailer for and I want to check out that came out two years ago, never heard of this, called 13 Fanboy. And it is a movie oh, of yeah, her- yeah, yeah. It's her and a bunch of other people from the Friday the 13th franchise, and it's about an obsessed Friday the 13th fan who's kidnapping and killing cast members, recreating their death scenes from the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, that is a fun idea for a slasher movie, actually. Mm-hmm. And she said that she did it because, like, with all of the controversy around who owns Friday the 13th, she's like, we'll probably never get an actual Jason Voorhees movie ever again. So this was, like, her attempt at trying to, like, give the fans something. And based on just the trailer, it looks like it shot way better than I thought it was going to be. Like, I thought it was going to be some, like, straight-to-video garbage, but it actually looks like they put a budget behind this thing.
2: I remember seeing that poster float around, actually. I think I actually saw the trailer.
3: A maybe maybe a teaser trailer of it because I don't think I saw a full trailer. What was the Friday the Thirteenth fan film that actually has Roy in it?
2: Never hike alone. Never hike alone. Never hike
1: alone at the end. Yeah, and one yeah. of one of the actors from Never Hike Alone is in 13 Fanboy. Like, she even course, included yeah. them
2: into it, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And actually, Debbie Sue Voorhees is in uh, a different cut of Never Hike Alone. And there Hike you go. Oh. Yeah, she, so she all, really all loves being part now. of this fan
1: base, honestly. She seems like she's very uh, fun and cool. Well,
2: now- that's nice. I fucking hate Friday the
1: 13th. <laughs> 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 like, this. <laughs>
2: i do i don't i i am That's having so a hard time finding any love for this franchise and it's not true not any yeah. love but particularly anything like jason oriented on i have a real hard time finding yeah. any love for. no, no I, I understand you pick freddy fully. versus jason i did
1: <laughs> <laughs> but,
2: no, and that was that was a time capsule for me which one
3: would you rather re-watch after re-watching both of them in the span of a month?
2: Oh I would I think I would watch New Beginning again. I think and I was telling Matt um, beforehand I just felt like I was I was I, I allowed my like general dislike for the franchise maybe cloud a little bit of this initial viewing and I started doing other stuff and you know but I, I when I came into the ending and was finding out that it was like, well, as we find out is he's not Jason and like, there's this like copycat thing. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. But like every, and it does feel like, it does feel like a porno. Now that you said that, (laughs) like (laughs) it's It's because
3: it's shot like vignette shot. Yes.
2: Yes. Well,
1: so, okay. So that was the other thing. The director said that there was only two notes that he was given from the producers (laughs) when making this movie note. Number one was you have to turn Tommy evil by the end of the movie. Um, which they ended up recanting anyway when they did Jason yeah. Lives, because the fans were so pissed. But the second note, and I I knew about this note, this was the first time I watched this knowing this note. They said there must be a death every eight to 10 minutes. And that is That like, explains so much. Wow. Because
3: there are <laughs> and, so many extraneous characters that are literally just added to be murdered. To be this murdered. This
1: had the highest death count for years until, yeah, until Jason much. Goes to Hell. Um, but I- But
3: Jason Goes to Hell is a parody.
1: I mean, yeah, like Jason Goes to Hell barely in, in counts a as a movie. In a it's a parody. Yeah, but this movie, I, I really like this movie, and I think that I like this movie because where Friday the 13th, I think the biggest strike against Friday the 13th is that is a franchise of just a repetitive trope over and over and over again. Like, if you've seen one Jason movie, you've seen every Jason movie. Like, they don't do a lot of unique stuff. So the fact that this movie pissed off so many people, I'm like, yeah, but it actually, it's the same reason why I like Jason Lives. Like those two movies, I feel like, tried something different with the source material. In this case, doing a little bit more of a whodunit with with the movie. And then with Jason Lives being like a full-blown meta comedy. But I think that this is the first one out of those, like... I mean, we're going to do more of these, unfortunately, guys. I hate to tell you. There's more Friday the 13th movies from no, the it's 80s. it's okay. You I need to, watch.
3: to be... I, it's no, I can it's, only fr- go up from here.
1: Yeah. I did see... As far as where down. movie night goes. Yeah. Oh, No, no, no. no. Yeah.
3: Well, so so, Kyle... You're in luck. We've already done Jason Takes Manhattan. That movie is not good either. But this movie—he I, I watched, watched it, it with the- me on a live stream. <laughs> okay. We've done. Oh, yeah, we've we
1: done the later <laughs> half. We've done Jason Takes Manhattan, Jason Goes to Hell, and Freddy vs. Jason. I think we've all agreed that we probably. I mean, I can't say ne- there's a never say never attitude with us for sure. But Jason X is so fucking low on my want to ever watch again list. But the like- thing
3: is, is, that I feel like we owe it to the listeners.
1: We do, and, and that's why I did we'll Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah, Whether it was an anniversary. No, you did that for you.
3: You never. You just <laughs> said. selfless. It's nostalgia. Uh, but listen, okay, I just got to get this off my chest. I dis—I actively disliked this entire watch, except for Junior's mom. This movie seemed felt very unfun. I knew that it was Roy, but it, it was also my first watch, um, and I, so I was literally just watching for the kills. It just felt so unfun to me, and I, I, I just was not having a good time. And so I'm really glad that it's not just me, because Matt has been talking this movie up for
1: twelve years at this point. It's been to a me. long time. Well, and I used to hate it. This used to be my least favorite. This Friday will not 13th. be. This will not become Freddy's Revenge
3: for me. You know what I'm no, saying? Like, I, don't I think used it to will. talk shit on Freddy's Revenge and then I watched it with an open mind in my adulthood and I was like, oh, I fucking get it. This movie, like,
1: even after you've explained it to me, I get it. I just don't enjoy it. Yeah, no, I think that that's fair. And I, I think that there are parts of this movie that I really, really like. I love the opening sequence, not the nightmare. I actually like the title, like the, the credits, the title, idea of like it says Friday 13th and then this hockey mask blows the words the fuck up and then it's like it's the it's the Friday the 13th theme but it's like this chaotic sound of strings that are just like going nuts I'm like this might be my favorite Music that starts off any of the Friday the Thirteenth movies because it's so chaotic and insane. I love Junior and Ethel. Like I think that those two characters are so outrageous. Like
3: that's the thing is every character makes no sense. I mean, and I love the I love that John is here in the Podfather is here in spirit because of the uh, damn enchiladas.
1: Oh yeah, I mean we'll get in we'll get into Demon because Demon. Uh oh. Kyle just smiled. What just, do you got over there? I was waiting I was hoping... for somebody
2: to say damn enchiladas. So <laughs> I, I actually I could... had a feeling
1: that was going to be your theme. Did you?
2: Did <laughs> yeah. you? So I have a chips and salsa sour oh, beer. Oh my
3: god. Does it actually Tops. taste like chips and salsa? Does it taste like tomato and so, lime and
2: there's mango, hot peppers, key lime, lime zest, tortilla chips, and sea salt. And okay. it I need
3: to try crazy. that.
2: Yeah. I, I, if I can get any more at any point in time, I will, creature I will feature feature. Yeah, save that for feature feature. And Absolutely. I
3: have um Zombie Dust from 3 Floyds, not yes! because I like it. There's a story here. <laughs> um I mean Zombie Dust is fine. My original was a collaboration between oh, I took a picture of it because it was drank by somebody else. By it was a collaboration um I believe with Sweetwater. Or no, it was a Sweetwater beer, but it was 420 strain, and then it was G13 IPA. And I was like, okay, I got it, guys. Like, I I got this 13. It was not F13. It was G13, because this is the new beginning. I (laughs) thought it was so fucking clever. And then we had (laughs) some house guests, and Megan took the one out to the beer fridge, and I was like, yeah, whatever they want is fine. And... I was like, fuck, They like the first thing they picked was my fucking beer for this week. And so I was like, Ugh, God, find something else. So, um, yeah, Three Floyds, Zombie Dust, because there's a point where they say uh, the one sheriff or whatever is like, small town, it's supposed to be easy living here. Uh, the only thing that you got of Michael, or Michael Myers, I keep wanting to say Michael Myers. The, the only thing you got of Jason Voorhees is some dust. And yeah. so it was supposed to be Zombie Dust because zombie dust. in the good movie – which is Jason Lives, which is there's no argument. It is the it's greatest the best movie. The it is the best great is the greatest Friday the Thirteenth movie ever made. Uh, it is. It's fun. He's a zombie killing machine, and nothing matters. No. Um, <laughs> so that that's the. That's my story as far as my drink goes. And don't expect... Listeners, do not expect this much backstory with a drink pick ever again because it was
1: only because of a snafu. (laughs) (laughs) Only because of a snafu. All right, so let me run down a few quick things because, man, I didn't expect us to go 22 minutes already on this movie. Listeners need this. Junior Junior and Ethel, I love... I love Junior's death riding around on a motorcycle screaming and then getting decapitated. The so that was the other thing. He said that mm-hmm. one of the notes from the MPA was the amount of bounces the head was allowed to have, which was only one. <laughs> one
2: bounce. One Damn. bounce.
1: He's like, they it's were the same as like, the boobs in this movie, guys. Yeah, just only one bounce. One only. bounce. So speaking of boobs, <laughs> let's go to the waitress at the diner.
2: So weird.
3: She no one the, gets ready like that.
1: She has the iconic line where she throws open her shirt and yells, it's showtime. And she explains in the documentary as well that right before that scene, she had went out to the movies to see all that jazz. And <laughs> every single time, the character that uh, Rob Rob, oh my God, Roy Schneider! I almost said Rob Schneider. The character that Roy <laughs> Schneider, wish. the character that Roy Schneider plays of, who's basically Bob Fosse. Anytime he's like. Coming fresh off a coke bin. she looked in the mirror and went, "It's showtime!" Like right before the high kicked, and she's like, "What if I just said that?" Like she's like, "It's already dumb that I'm getting changed in this bathroom." Like, let's let's just camp it up. And the director was like, "Fucking love it, let's do it." The <laughs> other also best thing about up.
3: this movie? Oh yeah, the 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 um can can I read my favorite line from this movie? Yes, it it is uh the other guy that took. Uh, Tommy to the to the house whatever and yeah. he goes and the forecast is cloudy in the mountains sunny in the valleys and snow flurries up your nose <laughs> 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 it oh, really yeah. I, out of context so great but when you're watching this you're just
1: trying to cling to anything to make it fun and that, that well, that's why I enjoyed it so much I mean things that I clung to that made it fun uh, We were talking about road flare in the mouth guy Mm -hmm. Two random ass greasers. No explanation for their existence.
3: (laughs) You know, I I like in Jason lives when you get the people that are on the work retreat that are playing paintball get murdered because it's just like Jason is a killing machine and, and will literally annihilate any human he comes across. Once he's reanimated. Well, I mean, probably. So the Roy
1: thing makes no sense to me because. Why would he kill them? It's all revenge. Here's what it comes down to that I think is so funny, right? So Roy's, Roy's switch that flips is that his son was Joey, the kid who gets chopped up by Vic, right? That means that. The only people besides Tom, the only person besides Tommy and Pam that survives Roy's massacre, it's is The person Vic. that started. <laughs> yeah, I didn't <laughs> thought about that. Holy
3: shit! So we don't know that he may have been killed off camera. That's true. Because it, that Roy could have been took him case. to the. No, Roy was the. He, he was, was just the paramedic. The he took the body. Okay. So okay. Vic
1: is right. almost definitely still alive and fine. Maybe he was like, "I'll take care of him later because I know he's locked up." <laughs> also, this is the last thing that I'll reference to the uh, the Crystal Lake Memories documentary, but the the actor who played one of the greasers says that throughout his life, as he goes to conventions, so many people come up to him because they appreciate the representation in the movie because he's like, I guess they just assumed that we were... Two gay men. Boyfriend? He's like that was that was not how it was written, but he's like I'll sure I'll go with it if that's for, for if that's you? what your interpretation you buy an is. Autograph? <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll say anything for twenty bucks, you know. Yeah, one hundred percent. We got two more scenes I want to talk about, and then we can wrap this up. We mentioned it very briefly, but you know, our boy from uh, Return of the Living Dead shows up as demon, uh, and he's there, and he's eating some enchiladas, and then. The iconic line where he just goes, damn enchiladas, and he runs to the outhouse. That's not even the baffling part. The baffling part to me is the ooh, baby, baby singing sequence. With his girlfriend while he's taking his shit. (laughs) (laughs) Which, I mean, I will post it on our Facebook page. Go and find our Facebook page, Horror Movie Night Podcast. I do have a video of me and that actor doing the ooh, baby, baby at pop, rock, and horror together. Uh, it was shot Incredible. specifically for Jonathan London. It's his favorite mo- moment in any Friday the 13th movie.
3: He has a low bar. I he like. does. <laughs> One of my
1: favorite moments in any Friday the 13th movie also appears in this movie, which is the baffling decision that the gothy punk girl – is doing the robot to some like random ass poppy new wave music it is just such a bizarre combination of thing visuals happening at once
2: I was scrolling on Instagram and there was like the you know a nostalgia page or whatever and they posted that one of those it's not time life it's but one of those compilation CDs where they're like you know best punk or whatever yeah. and like oh. they didn't ex- Did you send it to us? Oh, it is is one of the most referenced... Punk! Yes. It is one of the most referenced things on our show. show, Okay, (laughs) Okay. so yes, where they play uh, the second song is Don't Dream It's Over. Who
1: could it be now? Yeah, that's what it
2: felt like. It was like this character was written with somebody who has no idea... Yeah, he's an ex-porn director or
3: a paused porn director right right. so
1: (laughs) so this was the last movie he ever made um unfortunately this was the last movie he ever made it was very profitable they wanted him to make a lot of like he had like three or four other offers on the table uh and then apparently he got in a really bad motorcycle accident and while he didn't die in that accident it took him like six years to like fully recover. Like he was like, became like a reclusive person because of that. Mm -hmm. And then it was just, you know, the sad true world of Hollywood is like, if you're at the top, you've got about an, a year tops to like cash in on that, to continue having a career or you are just old forgotten news. I didn't realize um, he
2: did Savage Streets though. Yeah, That's
3: on
1: my long list for Patreon. Yeah. He did two other movies before this, but this was his last one.
0: Hi! From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app.
3: Hi friends, the world got you down.
1: A solid thirty minutes to Friday the thirteenth, five. I appreciate you guys uh giving me that time. Um and, and we were, as a it, thank was that, it was for you, man. Yeah. Really. And as a and as a thank you, as a thank you, I'm gonna hold my double feature to last, even though no, normally it would be given to me. No, don't no, be a I, martyr. We're don't a, be we're a, a martyr. A I've got like seven podcast. options. We're I got seven options. So Kyle, this you go you go for it. We're very
3: conservative <laughs> here. Um <laughs> And, yes. and we need
1: you. We need things to be like they've always been. So um, you're going first. Sorry. All right. Here's what I'm going to go with. Then uh, after you guys go, I'll say what I had originally written down before I changed my mind. I'm going to go with the Prowler. Uh, I feel like this is another movie in the same vein as Dude, the Prowler, That would save the night. Where it's it's way more about the kills than any mm-hmm. element of plot whatsoever. Uh, so and
3: Prowler. it's also kind of a whodunit. I love yeah. that. That would be great. That would definitely save the night. Mm-hmm. Kyle. Fight to break the dawn. Um, oh my God! Eth-
2: Ethel reminded me a lot um, of moms from Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker, so uh, <laughs> yeah. we're we're watching we're watching that after this.
3: Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I was I had to go. Well, by the way, the woman who played Pam, spitting image for Kristen Bell. Yeah, looks exactly fucking like Kristen Bell. So the entire time I'm watching it, I'm like, I want to watch Kristen Bell do a chainsaw fight and so i just all i could think about was a chainsaw fight and so tcm2 is my way of saving the night
1: there you go um the other thing i wrote down was that uh, at one point my double feature was going to be uh nightmare on elm street 2 freddy's revenge and or halloween three because i want this movie to uh be uh reanalyzed and loved by the fans more than they ever will but
2: that's it, it not might, gonna happen it, no, but no, square, no sorry, man. square peg round hole dude I yeah i know i know i know, <laughs> I know. It's
1: uh, all right, so this is the newest segment in our show, which is just a little ad break that we're calling What's Going On? Uh, not to be confused with the Marvin Gaye song. Re- you Really? You went with Marvin Gaye? Yeah. Not, and I said, hey! I Dolly Parton just dropped it first. Yeah, Dolly that, Parton dude. just covered that with no Linda Perry, and it sounds nice. pretty good. Um, just here to remind you, we already mentioned a few times, visit our Patreon, patreon.com backslash H M N podcast. You can get, you become a member of our Slack chat. You get early episodes, you get bonus episodes, you get a newsletter and you get to see videos where you see our faces. So there's really no reason not to hop over to our Patreon and check that out. And just a reminder, we mentioned this last week, but if you go on our website, H M N podcast and click into the store for the month of October, only we are doing a scare package for, I think we landed on $40 for $40 we will send you a shirt and some other cool swag most likely we're talking about while supplies last anyway keychain enamel pin bar of soap maybe something extra maybe a maybe some a music. book maybe a dvd we'll see we'll see music there'll be it'll be a nice little package all you need to do is let us know your shirt size And in the notes, let us know if there are any horror movie night shirts that you already own so that we don't send you a duplicate. Um, And that is the end of the what's going on side of the show. And now it's time for the what did we watch this week? And this is very exciting for me to say. uh, (laughs) It'll be a little bit late at the time that people are hearing this. The strike is not over, but an end is officially in sight. Uh, At the time that we're recording this, just 48 hours ago, the Writers Guild reached a tentative agreement which hopefully will mean that the actors will also be hitting an agreement as well very very soon so I think that it's pretty much safe for us to like lift our embargo especially given that this is going to come out a couple weeks after that anyway so uh you know free finally at last we can talk about whatever we want um (laughs) And since we're such traditionalists and I have to go first, I will go first here. Uh, Two quick things that I wanted to promote. Uh, Discovered a new podcast the other day, binged all of the available episodes called Search Engine. Uh, It's from PJ of the Reply All podcast. The concept of the podcast is that people write in with questions that they have always had but could never find the answers for. And he finds an expert that can sit down with him and give him the answer to that. Uh, episode topics range from are the monkeys sad at the zoo Uh, to why do people continue to buy diamonds to why can't I figure out how many people uh, watch Stranger Things on Netflix Um, and various other weird questions but it's been a really entertaining well done podcast. Um, The Stranger Things one actually the person who wrote in with the question was Maya Hawk from Stranger what? Things. What? She, wa- oh, she wanted to know why she can't see how many people have watched the show that she's on. Well, um, that's a question for Netflix. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. So it was very interesting to do the deep dives of that. And the other thing I have, shout out to Eli and also these guys. Eli gave me a DVD the other day from his tattoo artist. His tattoo artist made a film called Hebe GB tv And... I had zero intentions of ever talking about this on the podcast because my expectation whenever anybody (laughs) gives me a copy of a movie that their friend made is this is going to be bad. (laughs) Um, But I put it in and I was very delightfully pleased uh, for what is a film that they made for $12,000. The movie looks great. Uh, It's very much in the same vein as a um, WNUF Halloween special type vein where it is a cable box that people buy. It's a, it's basically like WNUF meets Stay Tuned. Um, you get this weird cable box that just gives you fucked up horror TV stations uh, and it's like just you enjoying about an hour and 10 minutes of the type of shows that are on this cable box. So you're getting like fucked up advertisements for bizarre toys, a couple minutes of like a TV show or a movie that's playing on the channels. uh, And then it's bouncing between the different people who are watching it as they are like being kind of maybe possessed by uh, watching these channels. Um, But for a cheap little movie, it was a fucking delight. I believe that this comes out on the 12th. On the 13th, I'm pretty sure the movie is premiering on... Uh, Screen box. So nice. if you have a subscription Very to Screen box, cool. uh, go watch it this Friday. It's, it's a pretty good October watch.
2: Back when, excuse me, Carly was pregnant. We started trying to watch all of Disney's theatrical releases chronologically. And like we had Hunter and we stopped doing that promptly. Cause like, why would we <laughs> uh, do that? However, caught, Back up, and obviously, they're not all on Disney Plus or easily accessible, right? So, like, we'll especially the ones from like the mid 60s that were uh, not very tasteful um, representations of certain people groups. Uh back before however,
3: Disney went woke. Yeah, but back before they were woke, and
2: we could talk about the Native Americans the way they're supposed to be talked about. Um, I don't mean that yeah, <laughs> at yeah. all. Please. Don't take it out uh, of context, no. People. If you, you know me now. Um, if, if you don't, don't... Thank, no, thank you. you. I <laughs> thank want to say <laughs> uh, I watched the Moon Spinners, which is one with Haley Mills, and it's like it's two hours long. Haley Mills and her mom go to Greece, and what? then they meet up with somebody, and there's like espionage, and there's like this sort of like who is the bad guy who like they're tr- there's like a it's. Honestly, it's batshit insane. I was watching it and I was like, I cannot believe that there's this like action thriller with Hayley Haley Mills. Mills as James Bond. Is that dude? What the, the, well, and like she's like was. you know she's like a she's still like uh you know a high schooler maybe like yeah, early right. college you know and I I. I I still don't quite know what was happening. The Moon Spinners is some sort of like folklore in that village. I don't even know what the Moon Spinners is, but there's like people getting like shot and like chased and like people falling off of windmills and like, I, I it was kind of crazy to me. I don't know if it's a recommend. It was the <laughs> one that came, is the one that came before Mary Poppins as far as our like uh, yeah. list went. But I gave it three stars on Letterboxd. Um, All right. (laughs) I had a lot of fun watching it. I wish I remembered more of it. But I had to watch it over two nights because two hours for a movie sometimes is too long.
1: So, Kyle, I I don't think the listeners even knew about this. So when we were trying to figure out what Patreon content would look like with Brian, Mm -hmm. one of the things Brian wanted to do uh, was Disney Plus had just come out and he wanted to watch... He wanted us to watch those like Bonavista oh, yeah. weird ass fucking movies, like the Cat from Outer Space, or like the uh, the football kicking donkey for like what? Yeah, the Cat Dude, from Outer Space. What? Dude, the...
3: How is that within <laughs> that? You didn't even have to stretch your arm to get listeners. <laughs> Kyle is sitting at his desk. He he literally doesn't even fully extend his arm, and he picks up. The novelization of the from my view, from it looked space. like you
1: picked it right off of Tommy Jervis's desk. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think that there is a lot of charm in some of those completely forgotten '60s live-action Disney movies, like the computer that wore tennis shoes and shit like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh no, like, there's,
2: and especially like even some of the ones with, like Kurt, like because Kurt Russell was basically so a child many star of them. In some of those and he did so many of them. There's. I one, mean, he supposedly.
1: Um, the rumor has always been that Walt Disney's dying words were Kurt Russell and (laughs) Kurt Russell to this day is like don't know why that's the case but sure but maybe but it was the Uh, last thing he had written on his desk like I guess he was like coming up with a movie idea and had written down he wanted to do another movie with kurt russell and his last note that they found on his desk said kurt russell with nothing else he never completed his thought like it was like oh, i'll come in the office tomorrow kurt and russell. finish what i was writing down <laughs> is it like is it like the end it, 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 you know
3: like the pen fucking goes down and he keels over
2: <laughs>
1: uh, shit You're it's like, like that Russell's monty python joke where it's like yeah. the, the ah. monster of ah, it looks like he died while he was writing it well he wouldn't write out the word as he was dying. <laughs> that joke has
3: been redone in the internet age with Candlejack, jack you know yeah so i'm going to give you a very short review and then another very short review so uh first short review i watched talk to me and hated every second of it um it was not fun, and it really just signifies this dour, negative kind of horror that seems very popular right now. I don't know if it's Gen Z filmmakers, or if it's, you know, um, millennial filmmakers that are just feeling the N-way of late-stage capitalism, but it's just a really dark fucking movie, and there's no one likable in it, so I didn't like Talk To Me, but um, I am three episodes into midnight mass i know i'm way late to the party you're way behind on midnight Midnight mass Mass, but midnight Um, mass is great i I didn't watch it because i'm ex-catholic and i was like i don't need to relive that trauma but then jordan from uh camp nightmare shared some post that showed the fucking vampire in it and i was like what is this from And I was like, Midnight Mass is a vampire show? Holy shit. And so I started watching it. You know, I still hate Mike Flanagan's pacing. It makes me want to pull my eyes out and bite my nails off because I don't like TV show pacing, first of all, because it feels very indulgent. And Mike Flanagan's stuff, I mean, Midnight Club had the exact same problem, but I'm like slogging through because I understand that it's important. Um... And I really loved because I hate AA um, because it replaces your alcoholism with the need for a higher power um i've talked about it before i also live in the hometown of a.a like the, yeah. the birthplace of a.a so dr like bob yeah dr bob's house was literally on the same block as i practiced death metal for like eight years um oh, shit. and and so we could never have band practice when it was founders weekend um super fucking annoying but anyway the argument between the alcoholic and the priest was great i'm very nervous though that what's going to happen is that he finds religion because he fights a vampire. Don't tell me I'll get there. I won't but say anything. I'm, I'm
1: apprehensive but, about the show, but look, I'm loving t- it so far. Let me tell you something real quick, and this is also going to be a shameless plug for one of my podcasts. <laughs> what? If, you? What? If, <laughs> if you hate TV pacing, be thankful that it's TV in 2023 when it's only eight episodes because slogging through 27 C episode seasons of the OC where you're like, well, this story could have been one episode, but you've done it over five, like television in general, I am all for the shorter season. <laughs> I am all for the like, oh, yeah. tell me the Get story the in 10 point. episodes. <laughs>
2: like,
3: but I mean, yeah. also when you're watching, that's it's the meme, that's the joke. It's like, do you want to watch one eight hour movie? And you're like, fuck no, I don't want to watch an eight hour movie. They're like, well, why don't you watch eight episode, binge eight episodes at an hour long a piece? And you're like, fuck yeah, sure. It's yeah. the same idea as like, do you want to eat a block of cheese? No, I don't. Do you want to eat six mozzarella sticks in, in in a row? Sure, why not? But it's the thing like, that it's baffles just piecing, me, piecing, mealing it
1: out. I've said this before too, though. The thing that baffles me is the reverse of that too, where you have like a perfectly fine like true crime doc that could just be a singular movie, but for some One reason it's it's like it's either two forty-five minute episodes or three forty-minute episodes, and I'm like, why do why? you not just make this like you a don't singular need a
3: cliffhanger <laughs> when it's already
1: getting dropped on Netflix the same day, <laughs> yeah, you know? Like, exactly. So yeah everything's wrong with the world when it comes to pacing
3: (laughs) i'll tell you what about pacing though um megan has gotten we were on a couple road trips this like last month and um we started she started making me listen to the dateline podcast
1: and it's really really good those types of podcasts like another season of Serial, came out a couple months ago and i'm like Serial does these 10 episodes that they drop at once, but they're like 25, 30 minutes long and they leave you on just a tasty enough cliffhanger that you're just like, fuck, I got to listen to the next episode. Yeah, you're like, I guess I've (laughs) got to do another errand. (laughs) 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 I did. I was driving home from the Jersey Shore and I was like, you know what? I think I got to go get something at target just to add like another 45 minutes to my drive just because I was like really enticed by the mystery that I was listening to. Speaking of mysteries. Who is Roy? Why does Roy do the things he does? We don't get these answers in this movie, and we'll never get them. But and next what week, could our dead next son movie know be?
3: that Roy was his dad. Why did he have that really recent picture of Roy? It was literally Roy before he ate a candy bar and then got hacked up. I uh, mean, Joe, no, no, Roy's Joey, son. Joey, 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 Joey was the one that
2: got hacked up. Roy's the What's one. What's the most killed? recent picture of your parent that you have easily accessible to you? <laughs> 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 All
1: right. Well, we'll be back next week with even more horror movie night goodness meanwhile in new jersey
0: so marissa what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode well jackie Let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the male's? Hi! From feminism to fangirling, The Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app.
1: You're listening to the Geekscape Network.